Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to the second hour of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, we have, of course, our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. But today, our guest coming up is Dr. Timothy Wheeler. He is a Southern California surgeon and the founder uh, and director of Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, the DRGO. It's a project of the Second Amendment Foundation. It is a nationwide group of 1,400 medical doctors, scientists, uh, allied health professionals, and students who support the safe and lawful use of firearms. And their mission is to counter the public health and medical establishment's assault on our civil rights of firearms ownership. Dr. Wheeler, are you with us? I am with you, Cheryl. Thank you for having me on Gun Freedom Radio today. Oh, thank you. We are so excited. My husband, Dan, is my co-host. He's here, too. Yes, thank you very much for what you're doing. Oh, you know, this is something I had to do uh, when I started out uh, over 20 years ago. Uh, I couldn't not do it. Well, you know, that's what tells you it is a mission. That's what you, you know, I said in, in the, the lead in here. And, and the specific uh, topic I wanted to talk to you about is this Docs versus Glocks law uh, going on in, in Florida. And, and that law got passed in 2011. But there was a lot of court battles. It wasn't just like a, a slam dunk, easy peasy, was it? It was not, Cheryl. You know, uh, DRGOs, Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership's involvement in the Docs versus Glocks issue down in Florida uh, dates back to even before the Firearm Owners Protection Act, or Privacy Act, rather, was passed. Um, uh, we put uh, op-eds in local newspapers in Florida uh, talking about this issue of doctors asking the question of, of uh, their patients, uh, do you have guns in your home? How many guns do you have? Do you keep them loaded? And, oh, by the way, uh, the the best thing for you to do is to get rid of all your guns, the safest thing. Because uh, yeah, they're why. qualified to say that? Because why? No, they are not qualified, and that was the whole point. There's nothing, Cheryl and Dan, in, in doctors' medical training, in our medical training, not one word about firearms uh, mechanics or tactics or ethics or self-defense, any of that. So, So doctors, by their training, are qualified to do a lot of things for for sick and injured people, uh, but counseling about firearms is not one of them. What do you think the reason for that was? Why do you think they made that as part of the questions? There's a, a clear line, Dan, between uh, the question, as I call it, about guns, doctors asking their patients about guns, uh, and the anti-gun policies of their medical organizations, the American Academy of Pediatrics in particular, 
that's the nationwide group of, uh, of child doctors, pediatricians, but also the American Medical Association and the American College of Physicians. And now the American College of Surgeons is getting involved uh, more in this. These national medical organizations are dominated by uh, people of a, shall we say, certain uh, political activist bent. They're social activists, really. That's just the nature of these organizations. Mm -hmm. They do not represent their membership, uh, but they force on them these anti-gun policies, and a lot of pediatricians have gone along with it, unfortunately. So what is the Docs versus Glocks law? What does it say? What does it do? It's actually not much of a law at all. Um, It simply says that doctors in Florida and other health professionals are not allowed to ask their patients about guns uh, for reasons that are not related to medical treatment. In other words, it it, it puts all of the judgment, really, in the hands of the doctor. Uh, For example, if if you have a patient, a doctor has a patient who is suicidal or mentally disturbed in some way that would make them actually a danger to have a firearm, then it is perfectly legal under the Docs versus Glock law to ask that patient about guns, to take steps to try to, to uh, uh, protect that patient from doing harm to him or herself or to others. So the law is actually a law without any teeth. What it forbids is this politically motivated asking about guns that is really anti-gun advocacy coming from the American Academy of Pediatrics and the AMA and groups like that. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think that there's, I mean, I remember years ago I had to go to the doctor for stomach problems and they asked me if I owned guns. And I didn't think much about it back then, but what would happen, you know, what, what if you refused to answer that question? Would the doctor not treat you? Well, that is an extreme case, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually what happens is the doctor will be perfectly polite and just go on to the next question and not press the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Docs versus Glocks case in Florida arose in exactly a situation like yours, Dan, uh, it, but it happened to be a young mother who brought her baby in for a well baby check to a pediatrician. And she said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not going to answer that question about guns in my home. And this particular doctor uh, reacted poorly. He, he kicked her out. Of the, the, he kicked this young woman and her wow. baby out of his practice. And, of course, you know, that, that got the public real mad, and that's why the Firearms Owners Privacy Act uh, was, was passed. Well, wow. you, know, but, you, you, you know, you say most organizations are, are that liberal and are, are gun control freaks, I guess you would call it. But <laughs> over, overall, doctors and people in the medical field, would you say that most of those people are anti-gun, or is there, is there a good, powerful mixture? Absolutely. There's a, there's a good, powerful mixture, Dan. You know, this issue has been looked at in the past. There was one uh, survey that was done by uh, a magazine called Medical Economics. It's just a kind of a, a magazine for doctors about the practice, you know, uh, specifics and economics and so forth. And they did a poll that showed that doctors in general uh, share the same attitudes as the general population about firearms. So uh, there are lots and lots of pro-gun doctors out there. It's just that you don't hear from them in the media like everything else. 
uh, in the media, some the, the mainstream media anyway. You mm-hmm. don't hear from them. You only hear from the leaders of these organizations, like the American Academy of Pediatrics, who are radically, radically anti-firearm civil rights. Right, and you know, there's some doctors out there that may not want to publicly say they have firearms because it could offend some of their their patients. So I can understand that part of it, but you don't have to uh, do your anti-gun propaganda while I'm being visited for a health reason. Oh, absolutely. And everybody understands that. The public understands exactly what you just said, Dan. It's not really an appropriate question. It's not right for a doctor to be asking a politically motivated question like, you know, how many guns do you have? And, and really, you should be getting rid of your gun. Well, I asked my doctor, I got a new doctor about a year ago, and I basically asked him, and he's become a customer of mine now yeah. in our gun shop. <laughs> so I got, I, got the, I got it good, but yeah, I appreciate you with those comments. Now, I want to get oh. back to, to what you were saying about um, the, the media and, and things that we've heard in the media. There's this, this push out there by the politicians using the media saying that, well, you know, the NRA or the gun lobby or whatever villain they want to point at won't even let us do research for, you know, gun gun violence and that. But we were paying for research for gun violence through the CDC, and that got stopped for a very specific and important reason. And I would like you to talk about that a little bit. You're right, Cheryl, that the, this notion that the, the media endlessly repeats that uh, the, NR, the evil NRA shut down gun research at the Centers for Disease Control is, is simply not true, uh, and they know it. And I can tell you this from personal experience because I was one of three medical doctors who testified before the House Appropriations Committee back in 1996, and we showed the House Appropriations Committee evidence that the CDC was engaging in gun control advocacy. They were very open about it at that time. They've learned how to be a little more circumspect about it and and not so open about their motives. But back then, the evidence was clear, and we showed it to Congress, and quite reasonably, they passed a law saying that the CDC should not be using tax money to advance gun control. That's all they said. They didn't say anything about them not being able to do gun research. But you, but you have this lie endlessly repeated ever since. Exactly. And I think that the general public thinks that if, if it starts, if the sentence starts with a government study shows that that means it's nonpartisan, right? That there's no, no agenda there. There's no activism happening. And that is not the case with what was going on at the CDC. That's not the case with what was going on at the CDC, and it's not the case with what goes on at the Journal of the American Medical Association, the New England Journal of Medicine, and many other medical institutions that the public has in the past learned to trust. But when it comes to gun issues, uh, these institutions can't be trusted. And at DRGO, it's, it's our mission to get that message out. Well, I love that you, you segued that way because I was just going to ask you, you know, there's got to be listeners out there. We're, we're based in Arizona, but we, we broadcast nationwide, actually worldwide. And there's got to be doctors out there going, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this existed. I would love to be part of a group that's like-minded. How do they find more, found out more about your, your group? What they do is sit down in front of their PC or take their uh, 
their device out and go to drgo.us. That's our website. That's the hub where you will find everything related to Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, drgo.us. At the top, there is a Join Now button uh, that will allow you to sign up as a member. We love to have your contribution, uh, but that's optional. Uh, you will also see on the opening page a resource called What to Do When Your Doctor Asks About Guns. Uh, that's been one of our most uh, popular resources. We got over 60,000 hits when it first came out on our website. Wow. Um, so, again, that's drgo.us, and we welcome uh, doctors, medical doctors, allied health professionals of all kinds, scientists, and students as members. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Wheeler, thank you so much for all that you're doing uh, as a a physician, of course, but also as someone who is trying to protect our Second Amendment rights. Well, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Dan, for having me on Gun Freedom Radio. Absolutely. We'll have you back another time if you'll come. Love to. All right. Bye now. Bye. Okay, stick around because we still have Miss Kim Condon coming up right after this to talk to us a little bit about her experience when she joined a bunch of us women in D.C. for the D.C. Project. Coming up right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are glad you're with us today, and the theme of our show is Walking the Talk. 
And our next guest is Kim Condon, who is the delegate uh, of the DC Project from Mississippi. She's a small business owner and an NRA certified instructor. Together with her husband, they own Boondocks Firearms Training Academy. And while she likes to describe herself as just an ordinary American citizen, Kim was named as one of Mississippi's 50 leading businesswomen in the year of 2016. My goodness, Kim, I am so impressed to know you and so proud to know you. Are you with us? I am. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time on a Saturday to come on Gun Freedom Radio and talk to us a little bit about the DC project. And I want to start with how did you get involved with this project? Well, I met Diana Muller when I went to Las Vegas for the NSSF Fantasy Camp. Um, I was chosen to be on her team, and through the process of getting to know her, she basically asked me to be the delegate for Mississippi, and I was thrilled. Oh, my goodness. And at the time, I mean, it was still, it's still in its infancy, really, because, uh, let's see, if you were in Vegas, I mean, that was, she had just barely dreamed it up, right? Absolutely. In fact, she asked me about it, and I had not even heard of it. And Mm -hmm. so, of course, I went back and Googled it, and she said, look it up and everything. So I did. Um, And it was just a great opportunity. One, because I'd never been to Mm D.C. And two, because of the mission that she was trying to accomplish. I mean... How you know, you know, impressionable is it that you take your own time and your own dime to go to Washington, D.C. to meet your legislators and your senators and bring the forefront of the firearms you know, from a female perspective? Absolutely. And to, to bring people up to speed, the D.C. project was where Diana said, well, let's um, bring 50 women, one from each state, and we'll have them on their own dime. It's totally grassroots. Uh, totally bipartisan, come and speak to their legislators in our nation's capital. And, you know, it kind of grew out of her wanting to, you know, speak truth to our legislators in Washington, D.C. about who the average gun owner is, why we value our Second Amendment rights, and and to let them see that we're not all a bunch of backwoods uh, rednecks, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, one of my congressmen said, well, there's really nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This is a true thing. We are all inclusive. Right. Now, were you um, at all politically active or, or you know, one that would speak up to your um, legislators before this project? Absolutely not. I'm. That was totally out of my comfort zone. Um, and the way that I approached it was, how do I bring, you know, I consider myself very average. I really do. And how do I bring this information to these, you know, important people that we, you know, put in office? And so it's a little bit, you know, of an intimidation factor. But what I did is I basically talked to them just like I talked to my friends and family and presented them with tangible information and and went at it from the approach of I'm just a contact resource for you. You know, I'm a female with a firearm um, who is all about education and safety and, you know, educating Harry and Henrietta homeowner, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that went over very well with them because I wasn't there to talk politics. I was just there to offer a contact resource for them to reach back to me. And apparently it worked because Senator Wicker um, from our state actually has come and visited the boondock since then. So I was wow. excited. Yeah. That's fantastic. That is such a a success story. 
Um, Because, see, we weren't, we've never talked to our legislators before this either. Um, And and it is freeing. It's like it opens your mind to so much possibility. And it's, I think it takes us back to what our founding fathers had intended in the first place. Exactly. Well, they're, you know, they are regular people that are voted into office. We put them there. And that was kind of my take home when I came back from D.C. was, you know what? It's more than just a vote. We cast our vote to put these people in office, but to represent us. Um, and I kind of felt like um, I've let them down when I came home because mm-hmm. that's all that I did. I voted, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of you know, left it up to them to represent me. And it's really my responsibility to educate them and give them information that's correct and you know, resourceful for them to reach back to. So it really opened up my eyes as to where my response is, my responsibility is as a you know as a gun owner um, and as a voter you know that that put them in that position. Well, Kim, this is Dan. You know, I, I tagged along with Cheryl two times on the DC project. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I went there, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to <laughs> talk to congressmen. I didn't want to go to DC. <laughs> I wanted to go anywhere but there. And after we did this, and I was pretty sick at that time, I had not been feeling well, but when we went and we talked to the congressmen, it put me at a different level with them. I didn't make, they weren't so high out of reach to me now. They're, they're my people that we're, we're, we talk together, we can have conversations. And now I want to drag 50 people that don't want to go and make them go just because you, there's some kind of uh, magic you get that, you know, we can talk to these people and we can give them our views and they do listen to your view. Absolutely. They, it's a reality check. It really is. Um, you know, you hear about these, these young children in school that, that go for uh, field trips. Adults need to make that. That's a bucket list thing. You need to, you need to go to D.C. because it is it's very doable. And like you said, I, I totally relate with you. Is it, they're not out of reach. They are, they are average citizens that, that are elected into this office, and rightfully so, but they represent us, you and me. Right. You know? And so it's kind of like I feel like it's my duty and, you know, to bring other people because they do, they truly do listen. They do. Now, did you have an opportunity to talk to anybody that uh, maybe is traditionally uh, an anti-Second Amendment? All uh, of my um, representatives are Republican and pro-gun, except for one. He's a, he's a Democrat. He's not necessarily anti-gun, but he was one of the ones, I'll just say this, that was sitting down on the floor. Oh, um, yeah. I but that. I will I will say this. I, it was a successful meeting. I didn't actually physically get to meet with him. But I met with his advisor, and at, at the end of our conversation, um, I went in just like I, I did with everybody else. I went in non, you know, non-threatening. I'm not there to argue. Um, I was there to present information, and it was just I am a contact resource, in, you know, for you. Um, and when when you know the the animosity wasn't there, mm-hmm. um, it, so I felt like it was a success. In fact, um, this person asked me um, how could he, you know get his mother involved in taking a class at the boondock. So to me, it was a win-win. Absolutely. You know, opening people's eyes, opening their hearts. And, and I love that Diana's whole uh, mindset is no, let's not any of us go in there with, you know, uh, swinging. Just go in there and just be friendly. And, you know, if they aren't open to talking, that's okay. We'll catch them the next time or, 
you know, whatever. But we, we just wanted them to be able to see um, who we are. And I, I think it, that we did such a great job. And you are such an incredible um, representative to do that. And um, I, I want to talk to you now before we run out of time about boondocks i love the name of your place to begin with <laughs> well it's a, kind of a play on words it is in the boonies it really is it's out in the country it's 317 acres that we have um owned for about eight years now um so it was just we had already called it the boondocks so it was kind of our weekend getaway um and when the boondocks came to be um that was just the obvious name that we had to name it so it's kind of a play on words because it's really really nice but it's out in the boonies Mm-hmm. I've seen pictures on your website, which is, tell us the name of the website. Um, it is boondocksfta.com, and the FTA stands for Firearms Training Academy. So it's boondocksfta.com. And the website itself has a, just a, is a great resource of videos and information, and I just think you guys have done an amazing job with that. Right. Thank you. We actually just added a video um, on our Facebook page, which is at the same as Boondocks FTA, of the facility, so it's an aerial view of the entire facility of what we've added, and, and it's got everything. So we just added that today. Well, it's awesome, and you guys have green where you are. When we have a shooting range out in Arizona, <laughs> it's yeah, the only thing green is a cactus. Green, a lot of trees. Boondocks kind of sounds to me like a place where you'd go shoot some firearms and have some crawfish. Um, I don't know yeah, why that's well, coming to me, but... Well, actually, catfish is, more oh, okay, what, is, okay. our, is our specialty. That the, the crawfish is more... Now, we have crawfish, but it's more. that's more Cajun. Uh-huh. Um, we're more catfish. Oh, that's good, too. And, and firearms. I love yeah. it. Now, you're not... You you own more than one business, don't you? I, I am. I'm licensed to be an... I'm an esthetician, which means I do skin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my three days a week job. Um, and then the rest of it, you know, we, we built the boondocks. Um, of course, you know, I became an NRA instructor, became a well-armed woman instructor, um, and we hired the staff to make this work because, you know, good people is, is what will make the business, you Amen. know. So we staffed it um, with the cream of the crop, and it's been fabulous. It has, it's been amazing. I love it. And I, you know, I, I love, too, that so many of us that went on the D.C. Project wear multiple hats and so I feel like they ha- they have no idea that we even exist, and, and we're almost like in stealth mode. So you show up, and you're just just a normal looking, beautiful woman, and you do skincare. <laughs> and what are you there to talk about? Guns. Guns. Uh, it is to- two totally ends of the spectrum, and that's what is so fascinating. Because if you would have asked me five years ago, would I be doing this? I'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> so um, what caused you to do that then? Well, it's, um, it's kind of a quick, real quick story. Um, how I got into it, my journey into, into firearms was the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting. That was my wake-up moment. For some reason, it hit home with me, and I realized because I'm in my studio every day by myself, mm. um, it's just an opportunity to, for something bad to happen, and I was 100% defenseless. So I went to my husband who uh, took me to Arizona, to a place out there, Gunsight, that mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they trained me. That was my very first formal introduction to firearms, and it was life-changing for me. So I came home, um, took my basic pistol class, which in Mississippi you have to take to get your um, enhanced carry permit, and um, I took it in a barn. Um, and I came home that night and asked my husband, is there not anywhere in Mississippi that is like the place where I went to in Arizona? And he said, no, it doesn't exist. And I said, well, you know, we have 317 acres. Let's build it because there's a need. And he about choked on his dinner. <laughs> um, 
And it, and it literally, that's how it started. And we, within 48 hours, I was in front of an architect. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, Kim, we're going to have to have you back on another time. Um, I know we've got more waves of trips to D.C. that we've got to plan uh, with the D.C. project, and I I look forward to seeing you at our next trip. Great talking to y'all. You as well. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because right after these messages, we are going to be talking with Knox Williams, who is the president and executive director of the American Suppressor Association. Stick around. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Our next guest is Knox Williams, a president and executive director of American Suppressor Association, a nonprofit trade association which represents the suppressor industry. Are you with us, uh, Knox? Yes, sir. How you doing? Great. Hey, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and were you raised around guns, that kind of thing? Sure, yeah, so uh, I was raised around guns. We always had some in the house. Um, really kind of got interested in them through my father's father. Uh, he had a whole bunch of war trophies that he brought back from World War II, and I just remember as a kid going over to his house and uh, asking him, hey, Granddad, can we can we look at your guns? And he'd sit us down and make us watch the Eddie Eagle video, and then nice. after that we'd get to look at them. Well, you had me That's- at your, your grandfather's uh, war trophies. Um <laughs> I kind of collect that kind of stuff. But, uh, okay, so why suppressors? So it's kind of an odd little twist of fate. Um, I I interned at a suppressor manufacturer when I was in college, Um, and that ended up turning into a full-time job, and that was my foray into the industry. Uh, My mother's actually an audiologist as well, so I've always been kind of hearing conscious um, and interested in hearing conservation and protecting my own hearing. 
Mm-hmm. And suppressors was the perfect intersection between the gun world uh, and my passion, firearms, and also uh, being able to keep my hearing. Right. That's that's important. I mean, I I can't hear very well now. Sometimes it's because I don't want to listen to Cheryl, but <laughs> w- she's here with us. But Now I have it on tape. Oh, wait. Now, now I have evidence. Did I say that? Finally, after I, all these years. I said that on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about suppressors, so it would be quiet. Whatever. Well, I got to meet you and your brother um, at the ASA Media Day in Kentucky recently uh, during the, the NRA meetings. And I, you know, I don't know what I was thought I would expect, but you guys are young. I mean, I think you're millennials, right? Oh, we are. Yeah. A little, little bit on the younger end of the spectrum. Now, when you look across the landscape of your generation, y'all are weird. I mean, fighting for your Second Amendment rights? What the, What are you talking about? Well, somebody's got to do it. And, and I think that most of the folks in my generation that don't like to shoot, don't like guns, really are just misinformed. They just haven't ever been around it. I think that youth outreach is something that we as kind of the gun community need to, to really try and do a better job of. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, one of the places where suppressors can really come in Um because the the concussive, you know, the huge sound, it can hurt young children's ears. But yet, kids should be trained how to use guns. They should, you know, be going out hunting and those sorts of things. And where so many people want to look at suppressors and and all they can think about is James Bond, you know. Yep. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how they really have a wider use for a lot of different reasons. Sure, yeah. I mean, so suppressors get a bad rap because of all the myths and misconceptions that surround them. Um, and when you boil it down, it's really kind of a fear of the unknown. Uh, people think that they understand what they do because they completely silence a gun in the movies, but that's not how they really work. You know, these things, at the end of the day, they're just a muffler for a gun. Mm-hmm. They're reducing the sound signature by about 20 to 35 decibels, depending on a host of variables. You know, what type of firearm you're shooting, what type of ammo you're shooting, how long's the barrel, yada, yada, yada. Um, but at the end of the day, they reduce it by about the same level as earplugs or earmuffs. Um, still making a loud noise. Um, and it's still very much something that you can hear audibly. Um, but it reduces the recoil. It makes shooting safer from a hearing conservation perspective. Um, and especially when you're talking about young shooters and new shooters, people that aren't familiar with, with guns, um, it makes it a lot more of a pleasant experience. Even if you do know what you're doing, um, it can help reduce trigger flinch tremendously because you're not anticipating that kick, that recoil, um, or that loud bang. Um, you're able to focus really on the fundamentals of shooting. And that, to me, is one of the, the biggest benefits of using a suppressor. Right. Taking a new shooter out, too, it takes a lot of that scare away from them. But the main thing I think of is, uh, you know, when I was hunting, when I was younger, you go deer hunting, you have a 7-millimeter mag or a thirty out 6 and you can't wear plugs because you need to listen for the game. And then you finally see your, your, your target and you shoot it and your ears ring for three days. Where if we could use a suppressor when we hunt, then that would kind of eliminate that. Absolutely. And that's the catch-22 that most hunters find themselves in. You know, everybody knows that, hey, you should wear hearing protection when you're shooting. And a lot of people do that at the shooting ranges. But the overwhelming majority of hunters don't do that in the field. And I've never met a hunter, myself included, who's never taken a shot at an animal uh, without uh, or with earplugs 100% of the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, first time I went out, I shot a deer. Um, my ears rang for three days. I told my mom, she, I thought she was going to kill me. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. Me before, yeah. She told me before she made special earplugs, but you get in that, the heat of the moment, you know, you get buck fever and it's there and I'm not going to miss the shot because I've been walking around the woods for four or five hours and here it is. Um, but every time you do that, every time you pull that trigger without hearing protection, you're permanently damaging your hearing, and that's something that you'll never get back. So what we have um, is a bunch of people that see this stuff in movies thinking that, okay, you can't hear a gunfire when you have a suppressor, and they're evil, and they should be against the law. They just are misinformed. Correct. So um, another point that I hadn't thought of until I was out at your, your media day on the range shooting so many fun <laughs> firearms you, you did such a good job with that um, is the fact of noise pollution and how populated areas are crowding out our our outdoor ranges across the nation and this tool the suppressor could help with uh, n- ranges not having to be shut down because of crowding absolutely absolutely you think of most of the ranges where you go across the country you know 15, 20 years ago, places where I shot as a kid, um, they were in the middle of nowhere. And now you've got full neighborhood developments coming in within a couple miles of them. And these places that used to be rural no longer are. And more and more ranges are getting shut down because people are are filing noise complaints, even though they knew that they were moving near a shooting range. The shooting range always draws the short end of that stick. And suppressors can really help mitigate the noise pollution, makes you better steward to your neighbors and to the environment. So you have been working on something called the Hearing Protection Act. And is it, what's the status of that? So right now we're working with Representative Salmon uh, from Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, He is our primary bill sponsor, great guy, uh, very passionate about the issue. Uh, We've got 77 co-sponsors, including two Democrats, signed on to the bill. Uh, We are working, so Congress is out of session right now. They're on August recess. They come back in the day after Labor Day, mm-hmm. and we are planning on really hitting the ground running. Our goal this year is to get the Hearing Protection Act to the House floor for a full vote on the floor. Um, that's kind of a lofty goal. It's going to take a lot of work, and the stars are going to have to align, uh, but we're, we're going to push with everything that we've got um, and really try and raise awareness and see if we can get some good traction on this bill uh, and get some traction over in the Senate as well. So how do we get people to help with that? And we're not talking about just Arizona. We need other states involved too. How do, how do they get in contact with you to do that? So on our website, we have a tab, and we actually bought a URL called hearingprotectionact.com. Um, if you go there, it's on our website. There's a form that you can fill out. You just basically enter in your name and address and whatnot, and it will automatically send a letter your congressman and both of your senators. And the more people that we have just flooding the offices in Congress, uh, the the more support that we get. We've worked with Silencer Co. on that, and I think to date we've had close to 70,000 letters sent. Wow! That is fantastic! You know, so often we think everybody's just sitting around waiting for somebody else to, to do the work, but it sounds like you're really moving the needle with this. We're trying to, and if you think about it, you know, there's been so much talk about nude AR bans and, you know, people coming after our gun rights. There's not a lot of federal uh, 
gun legislation that's trying to advance on our side. And this is something that we see as, as a quantifiable way and a great way for us to make the Second Amendment just a little bit stronger if we're able to get this through. So, Knox, tell us, tell our listeners, what does it take to buy a suppressor today? So, you have to go through a federal process. Right now, suppressors are legal to own in 42 states. Um, so, basically, you have to live in one of those states. You have to find uh, a suppressor dealer. So, they have to have what's called a special occupational tax. So, they have to be licensed with the feds on top of their standard FFL to be able to sell Class 3 items, you know, suppressors, short barrel rifles, things like that. Um, you find that dealer, uh, and then you go in and you submit what's called a, an ATF Form 4. So it's basically a standardized form. You fill it out. Every suppressor that you purchase, you have to send in a $200 transfer tax with the application. Uh, and currently, everyone who purchases a suppressor has to submit fingerprints and passport photos as well with the application. And that takes about how long? Kind of questionable. There was a big rush uh, of people buying suppressors in early mid July uh, because of a new uh, ATF regulation that was going to be enacted on July 13th. We're estimating right now somewhere between eight to 12 months uh, if you were to submit an application today, just now because this, there's thousands of forms on the backlog. Right. And let's keep our guests in mind here that this is a legal process, but yet the government is taking six to 12 months to allow you to have a suppressor. Which is basically a muffler. So if you thought right. about it in terms of your car, right? because yeah. it doesn't do anything to make your gun uh, more deadly or anything. What, what do you think the, the, the hang up is with the suppressor, the idea of a suppressor? It's completely the stigma. You know, it's, it's, it's fear of the unknown. Uh, our biggest opponents have never shot them, and a lot of the times they don't want to be educated. It's willful ignorance. Um, so one of our most effective tools is going out to legislatures across the country where we're working our issues on the state level and even on the federal level and exposing people to suppressors. And I can't tell you how many times we've had, you know, even the most F-rated liberal anti-gun uh, legislators come out, shoot with a suppressor, and turn around and say, well, that's a lot different than I thought. That's you know? the ticket right there. You know, education, we've been talking about that, and we talk about it. If people just go and just climb over the fence and try it just once, it's fun. But what I get a kick out of is a movie theater where you go to a movie and they have a revolver with the suppressor on it, and you hear a thunk. <laughs> you hear a thunk, and it's like, that is not even close. That's like having a gun that shoots 85,000 rounds with one pull of the trigger, you know? I mean, it's just, it's a joke. And so a lot of people that don't know anything about guns go, oh my, he can shoot that gun and not make any noise. We'll never find him. <laughs> exactly. One of the things that I like to point out to people, you know, when we have this conversation, we're not able to take them out to the ranges. Um, in one of the Sean Connery, James Bond movies, uh, he had a little breathing apparatus that he put in his mouth, and it's supposed to have three to four minutes worth of oxygen that he could dive with. Uh, it was either Dr. No, one of his <laughs> movies, but do y'all remember the scene that I'm talking about? Yes, I do. So the CIA went to the movie producers and said, what is this tool? We want to buy some. And the movie producers just kind of scratched their head and said, you know, this is fake, right? <laughs> that was the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So same thing. You know, you've got people pulling. The CIA got fooled by James Bond. Well, 
most of the public around the world has been fooled by James Bond in regard to suppressors as well. Exactly. But it is James Bond. That's true. Well, that's yeah. why they call it <laughs> gathering intelligence. So they were gathering <laughs> intelligence. All right. Well, we've got to run. But Knox, thank you so much for coming on. We've got to have you back on and, and hear how things are going with the, the Hearing Protection Act as uh, they, they come back into session. Would you come back with us? Absolutely. We'd love to. Fantastic. Well, thank you for all you're doing. I really appreciate it. The nation appreciates it. And we'll talk to you again. Thanks, y'all. Uh-huh. All right. Well, stick around because coming up, we have the Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Tip of the Week. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And I want to tell you about something important and exciting that's coming up right here in the West Valley area of Arizona, just west of Phoenix. I am on the board of directors of the Southwest Valley Chamber of Commerce, and we have a big event coming up. It is the 2016 Biz to Biz Expo, and it is Thursday, August 25th at the luxurious Wigwam Resort in Litchfield Park, Arizona. Come out and meet hundreds of local businesses at West Valley Chamber Alliance's biggest expo of the year. Come out for your chance to win raffle prizes, sample delicious food from local restaurants, and have a whole lot of fun. Admission and parking are free at biz to biz Contact the Southwest Valley Chamber of Commerce, 623 932 2260. That's Biz to Biz, Thursday, August 25th. Be a part of the excitement. Cheryl, I had a blast at that last year. I won four tickets to the Cardinals and we got a suite. And it was so fun. So So fun. You get to meet so many uh, local business people. Um, So if you are a a local business person or the public, it is uh, just a plethora 
of wonderful information and some awesome swag. You can just pick up bags of swag at this thing. So lots and lots of fun. You know what we forgot to mention at, at the top of the show was what's going on with the Olympics. You know, Miss Kim Rode, she has been in six, count them, six Olympics starting in, I think it was 1996. So over a 10-year span, she has been meddling. That sounds funny. Yeah. Like, like she's a meddler. <laughs> Like she's been winning medals uh, at the Olympics, and she just took the bronze. So for what? For shooting. For what? For shooting guns. So wow. isn't that awesome? So I am um, just excited for her, and congratulations, Kim, uh, and and thank you for what you're doing because she's also speaking out a little bit because she lives in California and just trying to to buy ammunition. Wait a minute, she lives practice. in what? She lives in California and she's an Olympic shooter with guns? Yeah. Apparently. That's so. that's hard. That's crazy, right? Come to yeah. Arizona, Kim. We yeah. got room for one more patriot. Just Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Well, moving along to one of my most favorite things that we get to do on this show is bring stories of when the good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy with a gun and you just don't hear these stories on CNN or or Fox, or any of the big media outlets. And so it is our honor to bring these stories out and let people know that guns aren't bad. They're a tool. And so it's time for our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Well, I want you to imagine some young woman in your life a sister, a cousin, a niece, a daughter, or maybe even your wife. Mid-twenties and expecting a child. This young woman, she's five months pregnant, and her belly bump is starting to make it a little more difficult to get around. Her center of gravity has shifted somewhat, and her doctor has told her to be careful not to lift heavy items and not to engage in too strenuous of an activity. Now picture this young woman whom you love being home alone when she hears noises coming from the next room. She is home alone. It's 2.30 in the morning. Sounds like that can mean only one thing. Someone is breaking into her home. It's not the first time nor the second time, but the third time that someone has broken into her home, but this time she is there too. And it's the middle of the night. And she is alone. Danger is known to prey on those whom he thinks he can easily overpower. Danger is known to pick on the young, the elderly, and even the disabled, but now an expectant mother. Danger surely was counting on this young woman to have fallen for the mom's demand action rhetoric that no self-respecting mom would own a gun. Well, Margarita Turner wasn't going to allow herself or her unborn child to be victimized by political nonsense, and she wasn't going to let herself and her unborn child be a victim of danger. And this responsibly armed citizen, Marquita Turner, stopped danger only paces away from attacking her. I was very scared. Marquita Turner has been living here for just seven months. I was asleep 
and I heard something at the window. And her house has already been broken into three times. One break-in, then another break-in. Now five months pregnant. I'm trying to definitely be strong. She says she was taking matters into her own hands when she shot a man who police say was trying to break into her house overnight. I thank God that I had, I had protection. Because if I didn't, I, you never know what could happen. Just two days ago, Turner says she heard somebody try to break into her house at this very same spot. Now, last night, she said she heard somebody take the air conditioner out of this window and climb inside. I grabbed my gun when I woke up and I walked out of the door and I seen them, the guy in the hallway. So I shot. She says she shot two, maybe three times and hit him once. It was immediate. Once I seen him, I instantly just, it was just fire because... It was adrenaline rush, scared, need to protect myself and my child. So it was just, it was just fire at that time. It wasn't, you no know, see who it was. It was just peace black. All the life was off. Though Turner says she's not scared, she will be moving. You have to protect yourself without a doubt. Um, take matters into your own hands. Get some type of protection. In Birmingham, Marley Martinez, WVTM 13 News. Well, thank you for having another armed citizen and we don't have to hear a report of her being killed mm. or hurt bad or the baby going through uh problems mm, so um and you, you know, know what they entered by removing a window air conditioning unit yeah if you did that in phoenix i'd shoot you for that <laughs> it's hot here <laughs> leave the air conditioner alone <laughs> yeah. what's the matter with you uh no, no. we do, i i don't know how many of those we have here in arizona but when we used to have our spend our summers in North Dakota we had one and it did always kind of make me feel funny that you know you could easily pull it out of the window and and right. now you've got full access to the house well, but, thank god she had a gun well and i want to say touching back on the suppressor issue just very briefly that uh when women are pregnant now there's other reasons why doctors say you know maybe you shouldn't be shooting during that time because of the lead and and that sort of thing but the the noise is definitely something to consider and um, how do you stay proficient for nine months that you're pregnant if you're not practicing with your firearm? And a suppressor has come to the aid of some women that, you know, they're, it's part of their profession to stay proficient and they, they really have a pressing need. So, you know, there's a lot of uses for those. They're not just, uh, you know, for, for James Bond spies and all of that. But all right, Dan, guess what time it is? I'm not sure. What is it? It must be. Oh, that. Dan's tip of the week. Hi. We uh, talked a little bit earlier today about the FAST program and how schools are, you know, some schools are accepting it and others aren't. And the, the, the problems of introducing it to schools that don't believe in that product, mm-hmm. don't believe in having guns, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, it's a it's a hard step. Have you ever tried to convince somebody that didn't like guns that guns are okay? Well, you got to start at the ground level. You got to start with your your friends next doors. Um, talk to them. But what's what's a shame is that normal people that don't like guns, the only way they'll switch over is either by us bringing guns into their life, mm-hmm. or they have a tragedy happen. Yeah. And I I want to wake people up to the fact that. Let's get rid of this strategy thing. Let's let's make it so you want to buy, you want to get introduced in guns because 
somebody brought you into them as an you know to have fun mm-hmm. and just for self uh, protection things like that. So I guess my tip of the day is let's get educated with firearms. And I know we keep pressing that, but what a difference it makes when people understand the gun culture and guns better. It's just, it opens up so many doors. It really does. I mean, you can go to a range where they let you uh, rent guns. You can make it a girl's day, right? You can make it a buddy's day. Try something new. Try something different. Oh, come on. You could go to a range here. We have a range that's called Ben Avery Range. It's, a, it's big. You could go there and just walk around, and somebody's going to say, hey, you want to shoot this? They're going <laughs> to let you shoot it. And you're We gonna, are a friendly bunch. That's and, true. And, you know, they have instructors there. They're going to be good with you. So, I mean, there's nothing better I like than when I take my guns out and I let people shoot them. It's more fun than shooting them myself. That's so true. Well, it is time to wrap up another show. I, I just want to thank everybody that, that helps us with this endeavor that we call Gun Freedom Radio. Our in-studio engineer, Blade, he's with us here every weekend. And uh, I, I keep him fueled with some Starbucks and, and he keeps me on time and hits all of our music cues. And it's just, it's a wonderful thing to have him uh, working with us. Thank you to our guests for taking the time on their weekend, our listeners. Um, it's so important because you guys are, are you, you feed us with questions and comments and then you take the message of, of what we've talked about around the water cooler and the dinner table. And, and uh, we really appreciate that. So um, thank you to everyone. And uh, until next time, please pray for this nation of ours, right? Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Danny. Oh, but that one, maybe. <laughs> Even the ones you don't like and especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.